When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Reckless speculation. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Cook, he has some room. First down inside the 10. Touchdown. Nice looking drive for the Vikings here. And by seven. Good protection again. Cousins fires wide open. Touchdown. Stephon Diggs. Really good team win tonight. Um, you know, we moved the ball effectively, offensively. Um, you know, I thought uh, Flip called a good game. Um, the players executed. We're 50% on third downs. Uh, we got good pressure on the quarterback. And um, you know, I thought we played well. So, overall, it was a very good team win, and uh, we needed it. Go, Pat, go! I think that it was a mistake that we signed Aaron Rodgers to his contract early on because you could have had Mac. When I know you went on that montage for that day or two with the show, which I agree with you that we could have signed Mac and we could have had a, a nice deal with that. There was no need that we should have signed Rodgers and I don't know who's better, Gary. Is Rodgers a better magician or is far all the interceptions that he threw? Because right now, with, with the way Rodgers stole the Green Bay's money at that hunt, that $200 million contract, that's what I call it. It's not right. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> The Vikings have disoriented, disoriented their opposing fan base. It was such a such an embarrassment yesterday. They have disoriented the Packers fan base. This is at least two weeks now of this, though. Oh yeah, this is two. This is two weeks of you've got a, a injured team, you've got a head coach who at this point I think is just completely clueless, and you're electing to blame your quarterback. You could just answer those questions that that there is no need that we should assign Rodgers. And I don't know who's better, Gary. Is Rodgers a better magician or is far all the interceptions that he threw? Because right now, with, with the way Rodgers stole the Green Bay's money at that hunt, that $200 million contract, that's what I call it. It's not right. Go, Pat, Boy. Go. <laughs> he Aaron Rodgers looks like. I told these guys this on Ventland last night. He looks like Peter from Office Space, mm-hmm. where I thought he was going to come out for this. He's so checked out from the coach that he works for at this point. Yes. I mean, Mike McCarthy's asking him to come in on a Saturday, and Rodgers is just, he's wearing flip-flops and a Hawaiian shirt in the fourth quarter. Pushes just going the through walls the down. <laughs> the cubicle gets, walls. Gets, yeah, gets the view. How oh, about, man. but how about, and I just, I, I can't get over this. So... 
you're a conservative coach and you decide, you know what, bleep it, I'm going for it. You're at your own 44. You've got a Hall of Fame QB. And I know you've got offensive issues, and I know that your receivers aren't great. But nonetheless, you have Aaron Rodgers, and you're going to finally go for it. You're going to finally push that envelope, and you're going to do it. And your play call against the Minnesota Vikings, against Mike Zimmer's team, which is, if you ask a mild football fan, tell me one thing about a Mike Zimmer defense. They're going to say, well, I've heard this stuff about the A-gap, right? You decide to put your running back right into the A-gap. Yeah. That's it. That's your answer. Yeah. That was the most predictable stop in the history of fourth and inches. Yeah. I, I actually think if you guys watched Aaron Rodgers' face during his press conference, not only is he resigned to this team is just not really going anywhere, wouldn't shock me if they rolled off like four wins in five games and made it kind of interesting in the wild card race because he's that good and they've done that before. They won six in a row at one point a couple years ago and made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But he's got this sort of bleep-eating grin on his face. Almost like he knows that Mike McCarthy's going to get fired. And he's he definitely would rather win a Super Bowl, make the playoffs, and be a hero in the NFC playoffs and win a Super Bowl. But if the consolation prize is he gets a new coach and maybe more innovative offense and some more help, he seems very much at peace, doesn't oh, he? Very much so, yes. He felt, felt like he was very happy that the Vikings did what they did yesterday, basically ending the Packers season. When's the last time that you've seen him play a game where it consistently looks as if he is having a good time doing it? Like oh he made, God. he made it's some, probably been years. He to made be a couple of first half throws last night to the sidelines where Collar and I were, were both looked at each other and said, "Whoa, that's unbelievable." Well, you mean like just missed throws? No, or? no, no. He made throws. No, he completed oh. two passes in, in the first half, sideline throws that if Cousin throws the ball, it's picked off. But Rogers has the ability to make that throw. But after that, it was just basically eh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, what was the fade touchdown that he threw to? Uh, was it Adams? Where they it, it was like Adams had it? It, it was the it was like the back shoulder throw. Yeah. I think it was the first touchdown that they had. Oh, okay, yes. Where and, and the timing of it was just unbelievable. Like he he was throwing that ball before Adams even turned around to even yep. look for it. Like that was brilliant. Yes. Uh the the play that and the, this is how toxic it's turned in Green Bay. The play where Adams doesn't catch the touchdown pass, and it's not a perfect throw, but I, I told my, my guy Jason, I said, Stefan Diggs or Thielen catches that ball. He catches that ball. In Green Bay and Wisconsin today, they are very upset about that pass. Terrible pass. Because he's ordinarily so good. If Kirk Cousins throws that ball, and it's anybody essentially but Treadwell, that ball's caught. I was so I was I was talking because you're talking about Jason Wildy, who yes. we're going to hear from. Uh, he was in doing his show this morning in our studios, and you're going to hear from him later on this hour. And Packer fans, you need to consult your nearest Viking fan friend or family member. You I, I, Packer fans who are complaining about Aaron Rodgers and think that he's stealing money and he's part of the problem <laughs> and and he's missing all these throws. A, consult a Viking fan friend or family member who has watched Matt Castle and the Josh Freeman Monday night game and two stints of Gus Farratt, okay? Christian Ponder, Tavares Jackson. I could keep going for another 43 names just in the last 25 years. <laughs> Ask a Viking fan friend or family member what it's really like to watch bad quarterback play. Kelly Holcomb. Brooks Bollinger. One of the Detmers that was here for a week Coy, practicing. Coy Coy a lot of money, too. I mean, it's, it, it is a Packer fans have become spoiled rich children yes. who don't know what it's like to spend a summer working a construction job or something. Go work a crappy job for a summer, 
or go to some like boot camp for three months and come back and then see I, how lo- how rough your life is. I, I joined Jason on his show today, and he said, as someone who's watched the Vikings your whole life, what is your advice for Packer fans when when it comes to quarterback play? And I said, simply, Jason, it's very, very easy. Shut up. <laughs> I really hate the Vikings and Vikings fans, and I, I don't want the Packers to go in the playoffs this year because they're just going to lose in the first round, maybe get in the second round, but they're not going anywhere, and God forbid they retain McCarthy. You know, I wanted them to beat the Vikings because we're not going anywhere this year, but I wanted to screw them over, and I didn't want to stop them from getting the playoffs and embarrass them in front of their fans. And I would hope that the players would see would feel the same way, and they don't. But I wanted to put the Vikings in their place. Because I hate them. And I want to see that same sort of passion from the players and the coaches. And I didn't even get that. You know, that's that's my take from the game. Oh, Pat, go! <laughs> the vitriol is fantastic there. <laughs> Just sharpening knives or doing if, something weird. Yeah. But if you ask them, it's not a rivalry. Right? The it's Bears are the bears are the, the bigger the rival. The Bears are a rival. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That All guy's right. got problems. Uh, oh, you that think? guy's got that. That guy's got a lot of Wisconsin type problems. I feel like that guy calls into uh, that, that's the Green and Gold post game show, courtesy of our our friends, the fan in Milwaukee. I feel like that guy definitely yes. gets clipped every week when mm-hmm. we go through the highlights of Vikings of Packer Vent Line. That guy is top three material. Um, we're we're gonna get to Jason Wildy, who joined you a little bit earlier. He was hanging out in the building. Can we come? I want to float something by you guys though, because that that felt great. If you're a Vikings fan. Didn't feel as great as maybe beating both the Bears and the Packers would have, but I had an epiphany during Vikings Ventline as I was thinking about the game and where the Vikings stand in the NFC. And I want to—I think Judd's going to appreciate this, but okay. I want to run this by you guys, Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready on 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studio. Just a couple of crashes to tell you about. Both on Highway 100, uh, the first one is northbound in St. Louis Park between Cedar Lake Road and 394. That's causing an extra couple of minutes. And southbound 100, we've got a crash between uh, West 36th and Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Uh, that's adding a couple minutes to your commute if you're headed southbound. So if you're driving on Highway 100, be careful, folks. But this now gives Zimmer a chance to dial up knowing what they're going to do with their protection. Third and 13. Rodgers, pressure. Down he goes at the 12-yard line. Big-time pressure put on. You can almost smell it with the changes up front. Rodgers, under pressure, spun down. Richardson again, his second sack. Um, well, Sheldon's played well all year long. Uh, you know, a couple of, I know a couple, at least one, I don't know all the sacks because I'm usually watching coverage, but I know one of the sacks was a game that we had and he came around the outside and got it. Got it. Uh, I don't remember the other one, but uh, Sheldon's done a great job of coming in here and kind of fitting into our culture and the way we do things. Um, uh, you know, it's a credit to him and, and the way that um, Andre's, Andre's coached him. So here's a, here's a thought for you guys. Manny and I were kicking this around on Ventline last night a little bit, but... Uh, Judd, you were at the stadium, and there's all kinds of coverage from you and Collar at 1500ESPN.com and Purple Podcast. Is it? Here's my setup. Is it fair to say that last night, in the 11 games the Vikings have played so far, 
if that's not number one, it's 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 among the top two best games that they've played all year. Yes. I mean they I think that's fair. They stifled Rodgers. Yeah. Rodgers threw some junk time yardage, but I mean Rodgers Cousins was, didn't fumble, no picks. That's a, yep. super important. So yes. Their defense yeah, defense was uh was making big time stops and you know, if it if it weren't for some stalled drives and a couple missed field goals, it probably would have been even more of a like a fourteen or seventeen point lead, and it didn't. It, it felt like the Packers still had a chance, but that mm-hmm. the setup is the Vikings threw their best punch of the season last night, or maybe their second best punch of the season. Yes, that's fair. And I'm trying to think, okay, if they throw that punch against the teams that they're going to have to deal with in the NFC playoffs, what happens if you throw your best punch? If that was your best punch and it lands right square on the jaw of the New Orleans Saints, what happens? And I don't think you knock them out. I don't think you can beat the Saints with your best punch unless it's a lucky punch. That as I'm as I'm sitting there, we're fielding calls on Vikings vent line, and I'm thinking I don't mean to be a Buzz Killington here, but it's very Judd like of you, boy. Way. Like the, that's they played for for how they've played this year. That is the best I've seen them. And if they play like that against the Saints, you'd take it, but you'd need some luck and some help, especially if you're playing that game at right. New Orleans for it to work out in your favor. Let me take what you just Cold said. Cold glass of water. I know. <laughs> I just and, love that you guys are kind of like reversing. And here I come, today. Mr. Positive, to save the day. Because, right, well, yeah. you this know, is this is what Zolgad always does. <laughs> um, let me take what you just said, because I agree with your premise and reshape it just slightly. Offensively, I think last night is what you want. You want the offense to look solid, but in, in a game, if you play the Saints or Rams, Cousins cannot turn the ball over. He just can't. If he does, it's going to kill you. He didn't last night. So let's take the offensive performance last night, as we saw it, and not touch it. Defensively, what they did last night was impressive. But I think if, if it's against Breeze, it's got to go e- even a notch above that. Not a ton above that, but it's got to be better. So if you are saying, if you just take the blueprint of last night's game and carbon copy it onto a Saints game, you're right. But could you take that and get... Th- the defensive effort to be slightly more impressive against Drew Brees, in which case, in which case, this comes back to to what I've I have struggled with a lot since the Chiefs Rams game a week ago. Could you come up with a defensive concept, one game concept too? Could you come up with that to stop Brees, Goff, that crew, and and just as importantly, uh, Peyton and guys and McVeigh and the play calling of those teams. My answer after last Monday was I'm dubious and skeptical, but what it would take is you would need to take last night, the offense can perform like it did and you'll be fine. Could you get the defense then to play slightly better to beat a team like like the Saints? Because unfortunately, I think you're right, but I'm trying to think this through, and that's the one thing. But even if if your defense does go up a notch, doesn't this feel... Like a season of destiny for Drew Brees. This is this is really Drew. This is the best team that Drew Brees has probably Seasons played of on. Destiny, my good man. We've seen those before for the team in purple, and they come unraveled. Yeah, when Brett Favre is your quarterback, the, or, the or Saints Gary are not Anderson's a, your kicker. The, the Saints are not a cursed franchise. The Saints the Saints have a Super Bowl championship. Well, uh, they've they've cashed in when. I'm trying to be positive here, okay. All I'm saying is, it was a great win for the Vikings last night. Yes. But you can All draw right. a line straight across their schedule. They're yes. they're uh, they're better than the Packers. They're better than the Lions and some of these other. They're better than the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But the Bears, 
un- until the Vikings prove otherwise later in the year, the Rams and the Saints feel like a class above even the Vikings' best punch. Short term, That's what I'm saying. Short term, what I want to see in, in the next two weeks is one win. Go to New England and win. Go beat Seattle on a Monday night there because that that's an ascending franchise. That team, I thought that team was going to be a dumpster fire, and they're not. They're impressive. So over the next two weeks, I want to see one win. If they can win one of those two games, and the way that they go about it is going to be very important to me. Ask me in two weeks because if they go zero and two, then I'm going to say you're probably right. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Peter in Minneapolis, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Hey, Peter. Hey guys. Um, yeah, great win last night, but I don't. I don't agree that that was their best game. I think the Philadelphia game was their best game. Way too many mistakes, you know, that, uh, you know, um, uh, illegal, you know, offensive motion when they were trying to kick that field goal made it a longer. I think Peter's reception cut out there. (laughs) Okay, the the mistakes that really stood out that actually drove me to the edge of the ledge in the first 10 minutes of the game, and then they smoothed it out after this. And I feel like some of our event line callers just bottled the first 10 minutes of the game and said, well, that's going to be my take afterwards. Like we had one guy that literally scripted out a three minute rant about why Rick Spielman should be fired. And I'm pretty sure he did it during the first offensive drive for the Vikings when they came out of the gate with a near disaster wide receiver screen where Thielen and Diggs bumped into each other. That was ugly, yes. And Diggs lost like seven yards. You had uh, it, one of your first plays was a handoff to CJ Ham. <laughs> Which, like, come on. On third got, and one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that made stuffed. no sense. And they also had a pre-snap penalty on yeah. the ensuing fourth down. And then later, I think on the next drive, ran a quarterback sneak finally on second and one. Which makes zero sense. Second yeah. and one is not a quarterback sneak. That's a, it was that's a bad, an open yeah. up the playbook. So there are, there are things, even even when they were playing at their best, we look at and said, eh, that's margin for error that doesn't exist against the New Orleans Saints. So... I'm stealing a page from Judd's book. Here, Unfortunately, you're probably right, but but you know but you know what? If you, it's very important to me. The next two weeks, go win a game. Go on the road against two pretty good teams, or in the Patriots' case, probably a very good team. Go on the road and win a game. And it's not as much. I I agree with you, and I actually think you can lose the next two games and still make the playoffs. Oh, you can because you can because right. then they would they would be six six and one. With games against what is it? Dolphins, Bears, and is it Lions? Lions at De- or yeah, at Detroit. So you those. Oh are- no, you can. I'm just. I'm no. My th- point is for for me to become convinced that that you can actually do something. I right. need to see a win, and that's what it is. If you if you lose the next two games and then have a three game winning streak going into the playoffs, you can still draw a line across your schedule. Okay, well I know that you're going to get beat by the four best teams in the NFL and uh, and the Chicago Bears, yes. but if you beat New England this week, I start to change my opinion about what you could do in a playoff game, even on the road against New Orleans. Exactly. But if you go in and get beat by New England, and then you get beat, even if you get beat by one of these two teams and you split, I don't know. I don't feel great about them having to go back-to-back road games in the playoffs and, again, beat a team like the Saints. I think It's a little bit bittersweet. I think if you're going to split these next two games, I think the win needs to be against Seattle. Because Seattle is trying to compete with you for... A wild card, a wild card spot. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna catch the Bears in the division, which they still have the outside chance of doing, if you're gonna be a wild card team, you got to beat Seattle. Well, I that's think, a team that you got that you're trying to hold off as you're trying to get one of those wild card spots. And see, I think we're talking about different different things here. 
beat Seattle so that you can get to the playoffs. But I'm about if you're about like if you if you're in the playoffs, which I, I believe the latest percentages are, they're up to like seventy percent chance to make the playoffs. The Vikings are, which mm-hmm. is like you'll take those chances. But how good will you feel once they're in the playoffs? Looking back on the teams that they've beat and the litmus tests What's on their schedule, the, the the Patriots what? would be the team. Where's Phil? Hey, <laughs> what the hell's happened here? Hey, if you want, we can talk. We can talk about the axe. You know what? I, it was fun. People think I didn't like it. I enjoyed that game. Dude, that might have been that as was a, cool. Also, as a Notre Dame fan, that might have been the best football weekend of my adult life. Yeah. Gophers take the axe unexpectedly. Notre Dame clinches a playoff spot, and the Vikings throttle Aaron Rodgers and get Mike McCarthy what fired. A, I mean, come on. It what? almost was for me, but then Tennessee lost to Vanderbilt. And that just threw a wrench <laughs> in everything. That what have I always that. told both you guys, though, that, that I long for? Before I'm buried, what's the one thing I want? Gopher football to be re- really relevant for mm-hmm. a season. I want to see it. People think I don't care about go- Gopher football. I want a season... Where where the wins like we saw on Saturday are consistent, I think it would be great fun. This is I know that, I know Wisconsin's down and they're mildly checked out to say the least. Yeah, and uh, you know the Gophers still lost a bunch of bad games this year, but this th- this was not meaningless on Saturday. This was something that Jerry Kill couldn't do. Agreed. Tim Brewster damn well couldn't do it, and uh, Tracy Clay's didn't do it. New defensive coordinator. What did I tell you? Just changed the the defensive coordinator. It changed the entire tone of that season. That's what you've been saying all along. I have been saying it for quite a while. I told PJ. Actually, I'm pretty sure you you weren't saying change the tone of the season. I'm pretty sure you were just saying, no, Rob Smith needs to be fired. No, I like to fire people. You know that. I'm firing Mike McCarthy now. Go, Matt, go! I'm just calling to maybe offer a little insight. I know this probably isn't true, but what if it is? Maybe Rodgers hates McCarthy so much that he is throwing the season because I just don't see any other explanation as to how he's missing these wide-open throws um, weeks in a row. It's almost like he's going rogue on purpose to send a message like, look, this isn't going to work. we got to bring somebody else in. I don't know that somebody would go that far professionally like with his numbers on the line, but it almost feels like that's the only explanation. I mean that's that is not a terrible <laughs> conspiracy theory. It's not. No, I know. I thought the same thing. It's hilarious, but the more I thought thought about what that guy said, doesn't it seem at times like he's like, ah, this play is really not going to work. That's okay. And it it helps answer the question: Why did he re-sign for four years in Green Bay? And the only the only explanation is: Listen, I need some protection here. I need. You sign me to the contract that I deserve to be signed to, and then, hey, whatever needs to be done in 2018 to make this thing right will need to be done. Because we're talking about, I think, a career-low completion percentage for him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's inaccurate in like missing a wide-open receiver in the end zone, and he ranks 19th or 20th in QBR, mm-hmm. which is process-based quarterbacking. You'd think, well, his receivers suck and they're dropping passes, but he'd still rank high in QBR because he wouldn't get docked for the drops. But QBR evaluates your process as a quarterback, and he's outside the top 18 right now. That can't that can't be just him falling off a cliff. This is going to sound really weird, but he appears to be at peace with being miserable. Like, you could tell he hates life, but there's like sort of this at ease, and it could be. Mike's gone. I, I know he's gone. 
And so I'll run this play. Sure, I'll run this play. I'll throw that ball right out of bounds. Because the one thing he still won't do is throw picks. He's he's playing like a man who has an assurance from someone who helped him sign that contract, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, so you and uh, Jason Wilde had a chat earlier. I'm guessing you guys probably talked about Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. when we come back here. We did indeed. Safe assumption. So uh, Judd and Wilde, we got the football hour, including Matthew Collar. We're going to wrap with Royce And also, uh, programming note, the first episode of Royce and Judd Unchained is available on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed wherever you find Mackie and Judd, whether it's 1500ESPN.com, the 1500ESPN mobile app, Apple Podcast, Podcast One, and uh, you can hear Patrick Royce in long form eating crow after naming PJ Fleck the turkey of the year. Oh, it's all explained. Uh, so we'll come back and uh, we'll talk some more football here. Jason Wildey will join the show. Luther Brookdale Toyota is the car dealership and service department my family and I have been going to for 30 plus years. They just had some excellent Black Friday specials over the weekend. And just because Black Friday has come and gone doesn't mean that you can't have your eye on a brand new 2018 Highlander or RAV4. Or there's Camrys, there's Corollas. I've been more of a Camry Corolla guy uh, during my driving life. Maybe find a bow big enough to put on top of one of these things and put it in the driveway just like you see. You can reenact one of these commercials that you see all over the place. How about that? You can be, man, think about the husband or uh, or the wife, depending on who's listening here. If you had a brand new Highlander parked outside in someone's driveway for the holiday season here, uh, you would score some major points. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And the website is LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. It's Mackie and Judd with plenty more here. Vikings beat the Packers. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and Judd. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. Join Matthew Collar and Judd Zolgad for a live taping of the Purple Podcast at Lucky's 13 Pub in Bloomington this Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. We'll be giving away a pair of tickets to watch the Purple uh, take on Chicago and other fabulous 1500 ESPN prizes. Lucky's 13 Pub in Bloomington this Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Okay, now joined by uh, Jason Wilde, our buddy from ESPN Wisconsin, who was in town covering Packers-Vikings. Jason, I want to start here with you. And Vikings fans are, are upset because I I wrote about this after the game last night. I, read I can't this. help yep. myself. I can't help myself. So negative. It's 14-14 last night. And listen, I predicted, just to be very clear here, I predicted Vikings win, all right? So okay. this was not, I was not saying that the Packers were going to upset the Vikings. I did not believe that for one second. But nonetheless, it's 14-14, third quarter. Fourth and one, and Mike McCarthy finally decides to become aggressive. Indeed. It's a positive thing. He's Ten gonna, days too late. He's going to be aggressive. Exactly. After what? He was fourth down and two against Seattle. Seattle, fourth and two at his own 33. Yeah. 420 left in the game, down three. Only one timeout left, chooses to punt. Packers never get the ball back. They lose in Seattle. Okay, so from his own end of the field, he decides that he's going to be aggressive and he's going to go for it. Fourth and one, generationally great quarterback. I don't care if people like him or not. Aaron Rodgers is still a Hall of Fame quarterback. And the play call is an A-gap run with the running back against the Vikings. 
Like what you should, that to me is an instantaneous, if I have a piece of paper that I bought for $100 that I own stock in the Packers, I am walking down to the sideline and dismissing the head coach. Help me. Help me with that play call. So for any football fan who is familiar with Mike Zimmer, and Aaron Rodgers thinks the world of Mike Zimmer. Mm -hmm. Like he, he was not happy with Mike Zimmer or the Vikings a year ago at U.S. Bank Stadium because he crunched his collarbone. But he has a lot of respect for Mike Zimmer. I think he knows, I think everyone knows, that the last place that you want to be running the football is into the A-gap against the Mike Zimmer defense. Correct. Now, Aaron Rodgers said after the game that that was a play that they had run in practice as a short yardage play, and Equinemius St. Brown, their rookie wide receiver, had been in Devontae Adams' spot. Now, if Devontae Adams gets a little bit of Harrison Smith, the run actually may still work. But Mike McCarthy acknowledged after the game that he had two play calls, and while hindsight is twenty twenty, he clearly should have gone with the other one. I don't know what the other one was. I was going to say, what was play call B? But it, I don't care what it was. But sure it was better, said. right? Yes. I yes. mean, but here's the thing. If you are going to lose being aggressive, don't you want to lose being aggressive with the ball in the hands of your best player? Yes. And that's what they failed to do in that instance. Like, if you're going to be bold, that's great because – you weren't bold a week ago, and you were raked over the coals for it. Give Aaron Rodgers a chance there, right? I mean, and and look, it doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball down the field. Maybe you should try a quarterback sneak for a change. That might have actually worked there of if course. you want to go up the middle. Yeah. Right? Yes. Tom Brady makes that sneak all the time. Packers never run it. Cousins made it, I believe, on third and one last night, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. And guess what? It works. I don't... Yeah, that that play call to me though epitomized why the Packers need a coaching change. Because and listen, I get it. They've got guys hurt. It's been a tough year. There are things that have been outside of the head coach's control that have gone wrong. But when I see a play call like that from a coach who has been there since 2006, I say to myself, sometimes it's just time. I I think Packers fans fully agree with you. And whether it's you know, I've been using lately on our show the comparison to Andy Reid in Philly. It, Andy Reid did not become a bad coach in Philly. It just got to be a point where both sides were better off with a change of scenery, as we like to say. They changed the coach. I understand they got it wrong with Chip Kelly initially, but then they get it right with Doug Peterson, who is basically a younger version of Andy Reid. Like, played for Andy Reid. Is Andy Reid's guy. Right for his but best friend. New ideas, right? Yes. New uh, uh, and. And Andy Reid goes to Kansas City and reinvents himself and has more creativity on offense. Maybe that's what Mike McCarthy needs. They have, in the last couple of weeks, integrated some newer ideas. Some would say too little too late. But they have done, you know, we saw them run some jet sweep action and stuff last night. That was not something that was at the beginning of the season with the Packers. They are stale. And if they're trying to get fresh, they're doing it too little too late. The other issue with this team, though, and, and look, they they're, they do have shortcomings in terms of personnel. Randall Cobb has missed six of their last eight games. He's one of the few people on offense that Aaron Rodgers trusts. But the reality is they just don't have a margin for error. Aaron Rodgers last night was at toward the end of his press conference saying, you know, it just seems like every time we, you know, either we don't execute and the play goes poorly or everything executes fine and then the pass rush comes or I miss the throw. And I said to him, I said, Aaron, isn't that what happens with bad teams? Like, 
you've seen a lot of bad teams. I've seen a few covering the Packers for 20-plus years. They've had bad years. But it's not like they get their butts kicked every single week. Bad teams lose close games. That's what bad teams in the NFL do. They lose some big games where they lose by a lot, but then there's other games where it's three or four plays that decide. Bad teams don't make those three or four plays. That's why they become bad teams. Absolutely. Now, to, to your point about your time on this beat, and you've watched the Packers forever, correct? So it feels like it, yes. Yeah, okay. So, all of that being said, how much frustration do you really think there is in Green Bay and Wisconsin with the quarterback play? And do people begin to understand that they have had quarterback play that's been Hall of Fame since 92? I mean, Vikings fans would kill for, for that. So it's frustrating, I think, from our end here to watch Packer fans melt down. And I, I get melting down about the coach and the team, so mm-hmm. that's fine. But when you are going after Rodgers and, and, or, or Favre, but just the fact that, that there's been quarterback play there that is Canton-level play since 92 – do they begin to understand how how fortunate and and lucky they are to have seen this much great play? No, the, why like, honestly why, no? Why can't they process that? Well, here, and and look, if you're a Wisconsin sports fan, you have endured the Brewers, for example. I mean, they they go to the NLCS and get the game seven this past year, right? That's a big deal for baseball fans in Wisconsin because we all can remember so many years of them not being good, right? Eighty two, I was ten years old when the Brewers last made the World Series. With the Packers, there is an entire generation of people who were born in the late 80s, early 90s, weren't following football right away. Their entire existence has been two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, with the exception of a couple times when far, when Rodgers has been injured and they played Scott Tolzien or Brett Hundley last year. So they don't, I don't think they know what poor quarterback... I've had people say, gosh, you know, they just... Very poor quarterback plays, what they're getting right. Very poor. And and the thing is, is if you don't remember Brett Favre from his time as the Packers quarterback, then I don't know what to say to you because we spent time today talking about how Aaron Rodgers misses that third down throw to Devontae Adams when Xavier Rhodes is out of the game. That could have pulled it within 24-21. Now, again, they still would have had to recover an onside kick to have a chance to tie the game. Right. But we're talking about how Rodgers, how badly he missed that throw. That's the narrative from Wisconsin media and Packers fans. He threw a ball that went off of Devontae Adams' fingers. You and I were in Philadelphia for the 4th and 26 game that the Packers lost. They called the 4th and 26 game, but Brett Favre in overtime throws a punt yep. for an interception. Yes, he does. If you are a Packers fan of a certain age, you've not only forgotten what the 80s were like, because you weren't there for him, but you've forgotten what Brett Favre was like to turn the ball over in those instances. That bad throw last night that you referred to is caught and made to look like an easy catch by Diggs or Thielen, and I'm telling you that right now. So, like what, what we talk about is all oh, that. That's Diggs or Thielen catches that ball. You really think that? I really think that, and that's the difference here. And li- I get it. Devontae Adams in the first quarter has such poor footwork. That he steps out of bounds, comes back in and makes a, a nice catch, but it's incomplete because he stepped out out of bounds. That there are college receivers who have better footwork in a situation like that than him. So, and I'm not saying that that Rogers is perfect. He's certainly not, and he certainly has had some struggles for him. But in perspective of that, it's just amazing that fans there default to faulting him when there's so many other directions to go 
And when people here who have seen Christian Ponder, Tavares Jackson, Kelly Holcomb, I can go down the entire list. Joe Webb. Would, in yes, a playoff game. Yes. And, and so, those people literally look at 2009 with Favre and say that was so fantastic. And that was one year of what Green Bay got for, you know, 20 plus years. Including how the season ended. So if, the, so if a coaching change is made and the Packers get the right guy and guys come back healthy in 2019, Jason, how quickly can this Packers team be competitive and or good again? Well, I think we can look inside the NFC North and look at the Bears, right? I mean, they got their quarterback who obviously had rookie growing pains and has not been great this season. Mitch Trubisky has been up and down, right? But they get a new coach with new ideas, new energy, they make some bold moves, right? They sign Allen Robinson in free agency. The Packers tried to take away their best corner with an offer sheet. That doesn't work out for them. Kyle Fuller goes back to Chicago. But then they make the bold trade that the Packers didn't make, which is getting a pass rusher, an elite player in Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. So the Packers would have to do more than just get a new coach, right? They need to get. They would have to make some sort of personnel move, whatever it may be, to get more talent, pass rusher, etc., We've seen in this league how quickly things can change. Mm-hmm. And when you have a great player like Aaron Rodgers, who is a great player, there's no reason to think that you can't have that turnaround almost immediately. Should it, the Packers, would, would they be better off going in the direction of hiring an offensive coach who can work with the quarterback or a, de- a defensive coach and turn the quarterback sort of loose himself and shore up things on the defensive side of the ball, do you think? I, I am a believer in... What has worked in Green Bay has been offensive coaches, right? I mean, that's Holmgren, the, right? The, the reality is Mike Holmgren turned the franchise around along with Ron Wolf and Brett Favre and Reggie White. But ideally, you would like to get somebody who has new ideas, who has more creativity, and that can make the, the thing about the Packers' offense. And I've had two different coaches on their staff acknowledge this now Joe Philbin, the offensive coordinator, Jim Hostler, the passing game coordinator. They don't have enough plays in their offense that create easy completions for Aaron Rodgers. Everything's got to be hard for him. And they need a court, a, a system and, a, and an upgrade in terms of ideas that there are those easy throws that we see Jared Goff making for the Rams, that we see Pat Mahomes making for the Chiefs. That doesn't mean those guys don't ha- aren't great young quarterbacks, right. but they also get some easy throws where guys are schemed wide open, and you don't see that often enough. So when, when you ask these guys why, what, what's the response? Why wouldn't you have a, um, a slew of easy plays? And I, you know, I asked Mike McCarthy that. Mike McCarthy has long said that his offense is based on winning one-on-one battles. Well, that's great when you have superior talent to win those one-on-ones. When you're playing two rookies, a fifth-round and a sixth-round draft pick at wide receiver extensively, they're not better than the guy they're lining up across from. So that's part of the problem. But they have, you know, in fairness to Mike McCarthy, and Joe Philbin talked about this with us, the offensive coordinator last week, they spent their bye week looking at these teams that run other schemes and stealing ideas and incorporating them. But it's, again, been too little too late to do that. They need somebody whose entire scheme. But we're also going to see, remember when the Wildcat became popular? Yes, right? Yes. And then defenses figured out how to defend it. Absolutely. So the challenge will be to hire a guy with new ideas, but also the ability to change. Do you think that this is the same as that, though? Or do you think when we sit down last Monday night and watch Chiefs-Rams, to me that's a different world. I would agree. And and I'm with you. Defensive coordinators have nothing to do during once February hits, basically, but go in dark rooms for months and months and geek out to film and stop things. Right. The Wildcat, I predicted, and... When, when we were going down that path, I said, this is going to be stopped fairly quickly. 
I don't know now. When I see what McVeigh is doing or, or or the concepts, I think part of the problem now is there's so many concepts being incorporated from the college game. Mm-hmm. So when, when you watch the game today, do you say to yourself, defensive coordinators are going to catch up at 2019 and 20 and stop this, or have we turned a page now where where it's going to turn into basically Golden State Warriors type of basketball on a football field. I think it's more likely that because we've also seen the rules change to benefit the offense, right? Whether it's pass interference down the field or how much contact you can make or how you're treating the quarterback, all those things have trended toward those 54-51 games. And I can tell you this, there were Packers players texting each other during that Monday night game going, doesn't this look like fun to play in? It was incredible. It was. Last thing, from afar, your observation. The Vikings, a playoff team, a playoff team that can make a run. When you watch this team now twice in a tie and a win against the Packers this year, do you see a team that has a viable chance here? Or what are your thoughts on the team? I see a playoff team that has a quarterback who is an $84 million I don't want to call him a game manager because I think he's a little bit more than that. But he is not a Ron Wolf, the the Packers Pro Football Hall of Fame general manager, used to call them field tilters. Guys that tilted the field in your team's oh, I favor. I sort of like that. That's good. I don't think Kirk Cousins tilts the field. I think he keeps it a level playing field for you and allows your defense to make the plays it needs to. But I don't think he's a field tilter. Thank you, sir. Of course. Jason Wilde, ESPN Wisconsin. More Mackie and Judd after this. People, people. Important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN. Right. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off on 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here in the TCL broadcast studios, and uh, let's head over to the Newport area. Um, if you are headed southbound on 61, uh, south of Glen Road, there's going to be some traffic congestion uh, coming up for you. That is because uh, apparently there's a building that is on fire right now, and I'm looking at it on the camera right now. And it does oh, it's, not that's look- the Packers practice facility. <laughs> It's act. It looks like, yeah. It looks like Green Bay or is it Appleton? That yeah. Change your satellite channel. Yeah. It uh, it it doesn't. I mean, it's off the road. It's not contributing <laughs> to the actual traffic or anything. But it's. I think people are slowing down because I think the exit yeah. might be might be closed. Where's that or again? Too. That is uh, Newport area, southbound on 61, south of Glen Road. So Okay. I th- I'm sorry. I thought it was Green Bay. It, yeah, it looks like Look at there's there, a body there's of a water there. There's a guy with a 12 was... jersey running away from the facility, too. Man. It looks like he's got a gasoline can. For those that are also no making the comparison with Drew Brees, real quick, yeah, uh, Ted Ginn, Cameron Meredith, Des Bryant, all for New Orleans, all on the injury reserve list. Tight end Dan Arnold, second-year free agent from Wisconsin, Platteville, leading the team in receiving yards at, at or receiving yards of forty-five. By the way, through Thursday night against the uh, Atlanta Atlanta Falcons, and had to play ninety-two snaps, and they still got it done. So what do you? What's your point? There? I'm just saying that for those that are saying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the quality talent around oh, him, yeah. look at what Drew yeah. Brees is doing. Oh, yeah. Huh? Go, Pat, go! Wait, did Michael Thomas get hit by a bus? Did I miss? Did Alvin Kamara 
fall Blake, off. Would you let a cliff? Bill Michaels make his point, please? He's just really PO'd. <laughs> Remember, though, guys, what? as we learned Phil. a couple of weeks ago, that Aaron Jones, he's a poor man's Alvin Kamara. <laughs> poor so, man's, yeah. Poor man's Alvin Kamara. So I think Big Unit's got to pump the brakes there, man. Love me some Big Unit, but boy. <laughs> if you're Bill, at what point in time do you pirouette and make the turn into. I'm blaming Rodgers for this. No, he has, right? No, no, but I'm, but I'm saying, when do you make that Oh, turn? when did you? Like, like when do you, at what point did he decide, you know who's to fault for all this? Not the injuries, not the head coach, number 12. <laughs> Just be careful what you wish for, Packers. Be careful. The, the, the Vikings have had, the Vikings had some stability with, well, they had a few years of Tommy Kramer there in the 80s, okay? And then they had. Those were my years. God bless Tom. Wade Wilson? Yeah, Wade Wilson. A little stability with Wade yeah. Wilson. And then uh and then it was it was on to the new quarterback every year bandwagon. It was Salisbury into Jim McMahon hey, one for a couple of years, Our Rich Gannon. Gannon. Uh I don't know what your ho- I saw a poll from some Packer fan today. I wish I would have retweeted this because I, I I don't know who to give credit to. But it was if the Browns called you right now and offered you Baker Mayfield for Aaron Rodgers straight up. Would you do it? And it was like 40% of Packer fans said that they would trade Aaron Rodgers for Baker Mayfield straight up right now. God help He's him. not 50. God He's help like him. 35, right? But what is he, 34? He'll be 35 next month. He's got five you know he years of prime play left. He's their Mauer now. He is but it's the, even worse because no, Joe, Ma- like, Joe, Joe Mauer is like maybe a Hall of Famer. Rodgers no. is maybe the greatest to ever play. But he is, he is the guy that they've decided this is all your fault. And it's irrational. Go, Pat, go! If you could just answer this question, that that there is no need that, that we should assign Rodgers. And I don't know who's better, Gary. Is Rodgers a better magician or is far all the interceptions that he threw? Because right now, with, with the way Rodgers stole the Green Bay's money at that hunt, that $200 million contract, that's what I call it. It's not right. Go, Pat, oh, go! It's pretty hilarious. Maybe they'll maybe they'll do what the Jacksonville Jaguars finally had the guts to do: bench your struggling starting quarterback, Jaguars Blake Bortles, and Aaron Rodgers in the same bin from AFC Championship game to contraction in one year. Guys, what does this sports karma look like when it comes back to bite the Packers? Oh, it's gonna be glorious. Oh, I can't I can't Years. imagine what this what sports karma will do when when Rodgers is gone and they have to realize that. Yeah, well, they've seen it. It's called the 70s and yeah. the 80s in Green Bay, right? They saw it last year with Hunley. It's years of futility, and it's glorious, yeah. and it'll yes. be fun to watch. They, they don't understand that if they did not have Aaron Rodgers this year, if he got hurt in that Chicago game and was out for the season, they would be the Colts in 2011 without Peyton Manning. That's how bad they would be. Well, they should they hope, then, but that. then they can draft a quarterback, which is what they all want to they do. They can fix their problems. Exactly <laughs> yep. right, man. He just solved it. Mackie and